Hey guys, it's JP, recording live from the World of Whiskey Festival in Calgary, Alberta, sponsored by Co-op Wine and Spirits. If you're in the Calgary area and you want a great selection and good service, definitely check out the Co-op Liquor Stores. Let's get started. Okay, so we have entered the Palomino Ballroom, and uh, along all the walls are different booths with whiskeys. Um, I'm seeing scotches, I'm seeing ryes, I'm seeing Irish whiskeys, bourbons. Um, there are a whole lot here. I haven't counted them all up yet, but I certainly will. In the middle of the room, there's some water stations. That's good, important to uh, clear the palate and also keep something in your belly besides alcohol. And we got food tickets as well. Uh, interesting makeup of the people here. It's definitely predominantly men. I'd say probably 75% men, 25% women. So kind of an interesting uh, demographic. I might have to approach some of the women here and... If I don't scare them off, maybe pick their brains about what they like about whiskey. Anyway, I think it's time to do some tasting. So just left the Four Roses and Straight Edge booth. Uh, Four Roses, a very well-known uh, bourbon, but certainly not pedestrian. Uh, great story about Four Roses, I might have to tell later just an experience that we had with it as that really stuck out in our travels um so really nice smooth whiskey and and uh, at a really good price point the straight edge is an interesting one it's a bourbon that after they age it in its regular barrels it gets sent to napa valley and it's aged in cabernet barrels and it has some really noticeable changes in the nose um some I'd say some coffee in there that I wasn't getting from the other bourbon. And in the taste, I'm getting like uh, dark fruits, um, you know, something like dried plums or dates. It's a really nice bourbon. If you uh, see it somewhere, check out the straight edge. Just left the Goodridge and Williams booth. They are a craft distiller from British Columbia. And they had a couple of offerings. A, a regular whiskey that they age in Cabernet barrels as well. That seems to be a little bit of a theme these days. A rye whiskey and a canned whiskey soda. Tried all three. I liked them all. The rye in particular had a really nice level of spiciness that just stuck with you for a while. And the whiskey soda was... The kind of drink I could see enjoying on a hot day when you're not going to weigh, weigh yourself down too much, but get a nice little buzz going. So they're doing some good stuff there. If you haven't tried them, check them out. So I'm here at the Two Brewers Yukon booth, and we're going to hear a little bit about Two Brewers and the products that they have to offer. All right, so today we're showing four different single malt whiskeys for you guys. Um, ranging from lightest to darkest over here. So what we do is we produce small batch single malt whiskey. It'll fall into the classic peated 
special finishes or innovative category, any of the whiskeys that we produce. So classic right here, this is done to really produce uh, the liquids of the Great Isles, if you will. So it's got that banana cream pie nose that's so popular, nice. and the palate to really match with it too. Okay. Uh, special finishes, we got a top of the line sherry cask uh, right from Spain, a Pedro Jimenez cask for this uh, finish here. And it was Asian Pedro Jimenez cask for about five months. Another sweet finish as well. And because we're a brewery first and foremost, uh, Yukon Brewing, what we did with this one, this is my favorite here, release 14, is we use brewery malts to produce this single malt whiskey. Okay. So chocolate malt, dark malt, nice. what you get is a really multi-layered, complex single malt whiskey, a nut finish, kind of chocolate on the palate too, it's really outstanding. Beauty. And last but not least, we produced a peated single malt whiskey. We get the peat right from the UK. Um, this peat right here is not, it's on the lower end of the boldness, if you will, right? I'd like to say it's a great intro into the peated world. Okay. So, a hint of smoke, not yeah, like getting blasted. Very subtle. Okay. My, yeah, I like the, I, I always like the stinkier ones, like the stinkier the better, the yeah. bolder the better. Yeah. This is not that, but it's not in a bad way either. You can have a few drams of it. You won't, your heart won't burn. You don't need a glass of water by your side. It's, right. Yeah, it's standard. Cool. If anyone wants to check out your uh, your brewery or your, or your distillery, what's the, the best place to find it online? Uh, social media, you can find us at Yukon Beer. Okay. And www.yukonbeer.com also. Awesome. Well, enough talking. Let's do some tasting. Yeah, drink up. Awesome. Big thanks to Kevin from Two Brewers, who is so helpful and so informative with those whiskeys. And they were awesome. Uh, I tried the sherry cask finish, which had a really, really nice oaky vanilla kind of buttery uh, thing going on with it. And the peat, uh, the peated uh, variety, which he mentioned was a very subtle peat. And I would agree uh, on the front, almost non-existent and then kind of a, a lingering smoke on the finish, but nothing too, too potent. So uh, definitely would be a good introduction to peat for those who maybe find uh you know, some of the more traditional Scottish peated styles a little bit too much. Uh, take a look at it. Give it a try. So we just came from the Teeling Whiskey booth. Uh, we tried several offerings there. One aged in rum casks, another in Cabernet casks, and the final one aged in Port, Madeira, White Burgundy, and Cabernet Sauvignon casks. That one was outstanding. It was super complex. Um, the guy talking to us said it was like, I feel like I'm doing a math equation in my mouth, which I, uh, had to, I had to quote cause I just, uh, stuck with me. He also had a scotch offering, uh, Aberfeldy. I'm hoping I'm getting the uh, pronunciation right on that, which had some really interesting apple cider notes on the nose and, uh, just a really bright and, um, fruity flavor along with some, uh, some caramel and, and toffee notes. It's like a caramel apple in a glass. Uh, really nice. Just came from the booth for Redemption Rye and Bourbon. They were serving a three-year-old bourbon and a six-year-old bourbon and a three-year-old rye and a ten-year-old rye. Um, really, really nice. Just smooth and spicy and strong. <laughs> I'm already several whiskeys in at this point, so I'm feeling pretty good living up to the episode title. Um, I got that warm, buzzy feeling, so I think it's time for some food. Let's see what they've got to eat at this place. 
whether it's wine, spirits, or beer you're after. Anything you can think of and more can be found at Co-op Wine and Spirits. An unparalleled selection, as well as highly educated staff, including sommeliers, to help you with your selections. If you're looking for education, they've got that too, with ongoing classes on pairings such as wine and chocolate, Shiraz and grilling, and wine pairings to go with your turkey dinner feast. If it's whiskey you're after, then check out one of North America's largest whiskey stores right in downtown Calgary at World of Whiskey, where over 1,100 different varieties of whiskey are on the shelf. You'll find Canadian and American varieties, but as well, stuff from all over the world, from Scotland, Ireland, Japan, Taiwan, India, and others. If they don't have it, you don't need it. Co-op Wine and Spirits and Co-op World of Whiskey. Well worth a visit. I'm Martin. So here with Martin uh, with Eau Claire Distillery, and we're going to talk a little bit about what they've got to offer today. Okay, so what we, uh, for those who don't know, we're Alberta's first craft distillery, established 213 in Turner Valley. Uh, quite a picturesque and historical little town, not only for oil and gas, but for illegal prohibition about 100 years ago or so. Uh, the area is named, and we took the name Eau Claire, but not only would it be good to use clear, clear water, right. but the local Eau Claire Lumber Company had one of their first concessions out there. So tonight we're actually sampling our two single malts, batch one and batch three. Batch three is about to break into market on November 21st, and then we have our plowman rye, which is a 35% uh, rye grain and malt. It's uh, also the first distilled rye I know of that's using 100-year-old technology, horse farming. Interesting. And then, of course, we're also aging in a new oak, which is not so new, but it's finished in single malt casks. Okay. Uh, batch 3 uh, is, is barrels matter to us. We only have about four. This is a 14-barrel harvest, and it's said that 30 to 40% of your end whiskey comes from the barreling program. So even if we could pick the same styles, the same 14, down to the same ex-bourbon or else a sherry, the barrels would be different. So in this case, on batch three, if I was to pour you a little bit, there we go. Thank you. You should get some much more caramel, rich character because it's influenced by new American oak. Okay. And Europe, new, uh, European oak. Gotcha. So for the radio folks or podcast folks, you're not going to, you can't see that. Right. I'll let you describe it now. Okay. That's nice. So, yeah. so again, what we're we're not a peated whiskey or peated single malt. Right. What we're after is we would really this is local, so a lot of the other distilleries wouldn't talk about where they get their grain from. Right. Where we can salute the Alberta farmer for this. Right. Because it's hundred percent malted barley. In fact, of our total yield, which is about fifteen or twenty percent that can be called distillery or brewer's malt, 90 percent of it ends up in the world making beer and whiskey. No kidding. Yeah. So it's that important. Okay. Awesome. And is Eau Claire, uh, have you guys shipped south of the border or just in it's, Canada? Unfortunately, it is easier to sell in the United States than it is in... No Michigan. kidding! We've been told by various liquor boards, you'll never get listed here because you're not from our own province. Wow. So not only can we not ship oil, yeah. we cannot ship gin or whiskey. <laughs> A little political comment there. And so you you are selling in the U.S. as well then? Yes. Uh, Illinois, California... Florida and soon to be Texas, New York State. Awesome. Or New York City. Okay, we'll so, keep an eye out for Eau Claire Distillery. It's some excellent, excellent stuff. 
So just came from two booths back to back, the Glen Roth's booth, where we tried several different ones. As the evening continues, it's all just, it tastes good. Uh, also, the Basil Hayden's, we have the Dark Rye, which is uh, aged in port barrels, and the Caribbean Reserve, uh, which is aged in rum barrels. And uh, same spirit, but just aged in different barrels, and quite the difference in between. Um, the port had kind of a, a chocolatey, fruity thing going. The Caribbean, definitely very allspice and, uh, and vanilla and molasses notes going. So well worth checking out. Probably just drank from the most expensive bottle of the show, or at least the one we've run into so far. It was a Canadian Club 42-year-old whiskey. $300 a bottle. So that would be an expensive shot. Um, it was very smooth, rich, concentrated, potent, but not uh, overpowering. It was a really nice sipper. Um, the kind of thing that I could see sipping in front of a fire on a cold winter night. So... Well, if you've ever got an extra $300 in your pocket, the Canadian Club 42, well worth checking out. All right, a few more tastings deep, and i um, feeling really good at this point. Just tried the Dalmore Portwood Reserve, uh, aged in port barrels. Uh, definitely getting some kind of orange and cherry notes. It's, uh, I don't know, for, for some reason it reminds me of Christmas. That's what I think when I'm tasting it. So some toffee, maybe some, uh, some sticky toffee pudding, uh, oranges and cherries. We also had a Japanese whiskey, Shinobu. And they had a blended, a uh, straight one, and then a rice whiskey, which was really interesting. The rice whiskey in particular stood out to me, had really savory notes and kind of mushroom-like characteristics, uh, which just kind of set it apart from everything else we've had tonight. Uh, Having a really good time and super glad that we have a good transit system in this city because I did not drive here tonight. I think it's time for a water break. Okay, we just visited the Buffalo Trace booth. Uh, on the heels of them being rewarded three of the top three whiskeys in the world by Jim Murray of the, um, oh gosh, the Whiskey Bible, I believe. Uh, they didn't have any of those pouring tonight. So I'll have to try those on another uh, <laughs> situation. I'm losing words for some reason. Um, what I did try, though, was the E.H. Taylor Small Batch Bourbon, which um, had a lot of caramel and butterscotch on the, on the palate, um, a slight hint of something kind of like anise or, or uh, licorice, I guess, um, and then really spicy and peppery on the finish and, and maybe a little bit of tobacco, but very smooth, uh, really lovely bourbon of the ones I tried there. I also had the Kajura, another, uh, I was gonna say Italian, but Japanese one. Um, 
kind of figgy and florally on the nose. And the taste was creamy and, and oaky and vanilla. Uh, really lovely. And uh, that was one of the several Japanese whiskeys we had this evening, including the one I mentioned earlier that had the, the bit of um, mushroom or, or savory or umami woody characteristics. So those were really interesting. Okay, well, thank you for having listened this far, assuming you made it. I do apologize for the sound quality with the background noise and with the microphone being a little too close to my face more than once uh, and you getting a lot of plosive sounds. My apologies for that. However, I did uh, promise a story about Four Roses, so if you are holding on to hear that, well, here we go. It was... I want to say it was 2015, December, me, myself, and my wife, we went to Egypt to tour the pyramids and the ruins and uh, see all that, kind of a bucket list trip. Uh, it was very interesting from a historical and um, cultural point of view. And there was a little bit of culture shock as well. Not the first time for either of us being in a um, predominantly Arabic country, a predominantly non-white country. Anyway, uh, in the tour group that we were in, there were a couple of sisters. One was from Chicago, the other, I want to say, Portland. Um, and uh, they were uh, an older uh, couple of ladies. And we bonded with them and had ongoing jokes about some of the other people in our group and um, nothing too mean-spirited, but we had fun. Anyway, one night, it was uh, December 24th, so it was Christmas Eve, and uh, we got back to our hotel late after a uh, long day of touring different sites and seeing different things, and they invited us to their room uh, as they had a bottle of bourbon set aside. Uh, keep in mind, we're in an Arabic country, not the easiest thing to find a bottle of American bourbon. And they had been on a trip just prior to this where they met a gentleman who um, worked for a, a spirits uh, review type magazine and had given them this. He, they said that they thought uh, he had a crush on one of them and had given them this bottle of bourbon. Anyway, we went to their room and uh, they brought out this bottle of Four Roses, something we had never heard of. And drinking out of cheap plastic hotel cups. Uh, we cheers to the season, and uh, we sat there as it, uh, the night went from Christmas Eve to Christmas in a country where Christmas is really not that big of a deal. Uh, so there was this strange kind of nostalgia and homesickness for the holiday season that we were missing back at home, um, but also the lovely making of new friends and, um, well, the warmth that comes from enjoying a nice smooth spirit so that was our four roses story one that sticks with me uh, even still today um, just telling it I can kind of recall uh, how lovely it was looking down from our hotel room at the streets of Cairo and laughing and talking about the year previous that's it cheers
And that is a wrap. We finished up with Glenn Fiddick, talked to the brand ambassador there, who was partially responsible for one of their experimental blends, the Double X, which was aged in several different barrels, uh, one of which was port and the others which, I got to be honest, I'm forgetting right now. Uh, We also had Gooderam Canadian Whiskey, uh, Lot 40, and... (laughs) something else uh, that escapes me right now but it was all very good want to thank Co-op Wine and Spirits once again it was an amazing evening we had a lot of really good stuff Uh, nothing really that we didn't like so and uh, as the evening went on liked it more and more probably not a coincidence anyway that's it for Drunk Foodies going to hop on the train home not driving tonight thanks for listening and uh, as a wise man once said do everything in moderation including moderation cheers